eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. deep. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast and Pro Football Hall of Famer, the General, Sean McClain. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Utopia. Hey everyone, welcome into the Utopia Football Podcast, the Week 12 Recap Edition, which feels a lot like the Week 11 Recap and the Week 10 Recap and pretty much all these recent games where the Texans have been uncompetitive. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast Mornings on Sports Radio 610, of course joined by uh, my good friend, the Hall of Famer, and he is our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com, GalleriesSports.com as well, John McClain. John? I uh, was hoping for a little something out of Kyle Allen, maybe a little uh, injection of life, and instead you can just mad lib Kyle Allen's name into last week's recap because this was basically the Washington game all over again today. I uh, One of the things I I still blame Pep Hamilton for a lot of this, starting the game off with a handoff to Dari Gumbawale, trying to throw a two-point conversion pass to Laramie Tunsil, I can't remember if it was a pass or a run to Brandon Cooks for oh. zero yards. Yeah. And it just the offense is awful. And, you know, against Philadelphia and the Giants, they had, Damian Pierce averaged like 120 yards a game rushing. And then in his last two games, he's just been shut down. The offensive line is just terrible. And one thing I looked up, Sean, Besides being outscored 50 to nothing in the last two games, they have given up 533 yards in the first half to their 37, and they are one of 12 on third down. And when it comes first downs, I think they have uh, they have four to the opponent's 33. Yeah. That is a reflection on poor coach, poor preparation, and a poor game plan. And what's so interesting about this game, this game loss wasn't on the defense and special teams. Special teams were terrific again. 
And the defense, it wasn't the defense's fault that there was a three-yard touchdown drive or a fumble return for a touchdown. Defense gave up one touchdown pass. Forced to a tongue of a low out of the game when they they beat him up. And uh and it was it was not on them. You know, Lovey Smith talked about big plays against the defense in the first half. Now they had one, they had one touchdown pass and a and a short run, and then of course field goals. So this is on the offense, just like most of them are. It's on the offense, and it starts with Pep Hamilton. Yeah, I, the offense is the is the most egregious culprit. I, I have a hard time giving any flowers to the defense, John. They did give up 282 yards, I think, something along those lines in the first half of the game. Like they, they did. They, they were bad. They also gave up a three-yard touchdown drive and interception return for a touchdown. That's not their fault. So if they hadn't, if the offense hadn't done that to them, it would have been let's see, sixteen instead of 30 to nothing. Yeah. 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 The defense outplayed the offense something terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, well, which wasn't hard to do. As you mentioned, 25 plays, 32 yards in the first half of this game. We'll get into stock up and stock down in just a second, John. I, I was saying this to Clint Sterner in the postgame show. I, I think the thing that I'm most tired about is doing postgame shows where there's really nothing about the game to talk about. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, I would say the only time we've ever really broken down a decision made in a game by a coach this year was Lovey deciding to punt in overtime against Indianapolis. Other than that, it's just like, seriously, like John, can you think of one time where like, well, I can't believe Lovey threw that challenge flag, or I can't believe he decided to go forward on fourth and whatever. Like at least with David Cully last year, we were talking about him botching in-game decisions. You know what I mean? Like there, there was actual, there was actual things going on in the game where the games were competitive. John, this, this is uh they're a homecoming team right now. Like they're a homecoming opponent for the rest of the NFL right now. They're they're an FCS school playing in an FBS world. Like that's that's the difference between the Texans and everybody else. The only reason this game was 30 to 15 was because the Dolphins lost interest in playing. Like they just didn't show up for the second half. And I John, I love the fact that Mike McDaniel was still running his offense with 10 minutes to go in the game. He's he's throwing the football with Skylar Thompson, who is is not in the NFL because of his arm talent. He's there because he is a running quarterback, the rookie out of Kansas State, seventh-round pick. And Mike McDaniel's still throwing the ball, and he does not care at all that there's incomplete passes, that he's stopping the clock. Mike McDaniel, it wasn't some sort of egregious, like just negligence on his part to allow the Texans to hang around in this game. He was just treating the fourth quarter like it was a preseason game and running his stuff, getting Skylar Thompson a chance to get some reps against a, an, you know, I'll call it an NFL defense. Uh, I, I thought that was the ultimate, I don't want to say show of disrespect. I don't think that Mike McDaniel was doing it to disrespect the Texans. It was the ultimate lack of respect, I guess I'll call it, for an opponent. Like he, he is throwing incomplete passes in the fourth quarter of a game where the Texans are closing the gap. And he doesn't even care. Like the, the te- he would have given the Texans till Tuesday, and they wouldn't have scored thirty points in this game. It was like a joint practice. Yes, that's what it was. The second half of this game. That's embarrassing, John. So I guess before we get into stock up and stock down, do you think Lovey Smith survives this season? Has anything that happened today changed your assessment of that? I said last week on every show I did and on our podcast, if they got embarrassed again like they did in Washington, and that kept happening, he'd be fired. Right now, I don't know how they cannot fire him in clean house, although I'd try to keep Frank Ross because the special teams 
remain really good. Punt return average today was outstanding. Cam Johnston was great. Four touchdowns by Kaimi Fairbairn. And, of course, all perfect snaps. So the special teams, if we can fault the special teams for one thing, it's they can't score touchdowns. Mm -hmm. If the special teams scored two or three touchdowns in the first half, they might not be getting (laughs) embarrassed so bad. But I think there's a good chance now the McNairs will have to clean house because you can't keep embarrassing an organization like this. Plus, Lovey Smith has become very defensive, snippy. Yep. Uh, it's obvious he doesn't like the negative questions, which I'm surprised because he coached nine years in Chicago, two years in Tampa. They had quarterback issues uh, just basically about the whole time he was at eight, both of them until they drafted Jameis Winston first overall and made him the starting quarterback in Lovey's second season. But right now, you can see his frustration boil over. You know, he don't want to talk about bad first halves. He wants to talk about the positives from the second. Yeah. He said they put themselves in position to win the game, and I'm thinking that's delusional. There's nobody who thought for an instant that they were going to win that game. I understand why he wants to talk about the second half. That's for the players. You know, they don't care about the, the media and the fans. That's for the players, trying to get the players to focus on something they can sell as a positive, but right now, you know, even the thing back, the lead on my column on gallerysports.com was about they got a quarterback controversy, and it has nothing to do with who's playing. It has to do with, Lovey said after the game, they didn't split the reps. And on Friday, Kyle Allen said they split the reps, and he didn't find out till Friday he was a starting quarterback. And they should have told him early in the week, and they should have given him every single snap with the first team because Davis Mills didn't need it. Even if he had to play because of an injury, he could have gone in and couldn't have played any worse than he has been. So, you know, you got the coach and the quarterback contradicting themselves on something like that. It wouldn't have made any difference if he took every snap because this offense is just – pathetic and it starts with pep hamilton who lovey smith continues to blindly support john do you think that the texans if they fire lovey smith that'll be two one and done coaches both minorities do you think that they will catch any heat over that or is this team just so bad that even the most staunch rooney rule watchdogs look at it and go, no, you got to fire the guy. Like it's, this is, this is a complete and utter embarrassment. He's, he's embarrassing himself in press conferences. The team is going backwards. They, they're, they're making, they're, they have record lows of offense in the first half. Do, what, what do you think the, if this continues and they fire him, what do you think the reaction will be? I think that's the way it'll be locally. I think nationally they'll get ripped like crazy. And because uh, national people don't pay that much attention on what's going on. All they do, they see a record and a coach that had, one season, and then they see another coach that had one season. Had they kept that coach, would they have been better this year because they're worse this year? But when it comes to that, and I think the NFL wouldn't like it either, but the McNairs and Nick Casario have to do what they think is best for the franchise to win. And if that's the clean house, they got a clean house. Then, of course, they got to make sure they are the right coach. If Josh McCown was the head coach calling the plays, could this offense be any worse? No, no, uh, no, no chance. Like that, that's what's, that's how bad it's gotten with Lovey John. Is it, I am in a place now where I wish they'd hired Josh McCown. I am at a place now <laughs> where they, and I'm not even being 
funny about this, they would have been better off just keeping David Cully and Tim Kelly. Like they, they, I, I think it's inarguable. They would, they would have been better off. I don't know if this football team would be better, but overall, what you and I just talked about the 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 heat surrounding the team, if and when they fire Lovey, it would be a lot easier to fire David Cully after two years than it will be to fire Lovey Smith after one year and Cully the year prior firing him. And I don't think the team would have been any better or worse off in terms of development of rookie, like none of these rookies are developing right now, John, these rookies are all, in fact, let's, let's save this. Cause these are all good stock up, stock down uh, topics to, uh, to hit. You want to put a bow on anything here, John, before we get to stock up, stock down. If they'd kept Cully, they'd been ripped like crazy. Yep. And the way I look at it is I thought Lovey was a great move. And I thought not bringing McCown in was a great move. And now I'm saying it's not. So I'm contradicting myself on hindsight, but when you're as bad as they are right now and you're in danger of not winning another game, uh, they can't beat Jacksonville. Jacksonville just beat Baltimore. Now, I'm I'm confident they will not win another game. They'll go 115-1 and one and get the first pick. Yep, I think that's where it's headed right now. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Uh, all right, let's get to some stock up and stock down for this game. Stock up should is if we're only keeping it to Texans, the stock up part of this shouldn't take too too long, John. Um, but we do four stock up, four stock down after each game. John, you are up first. The honor is yours, Your Honor. Uh, Cam stock Johnson, up. stock up. Cam Johnson, the punter, and I'm not joking. Cam Johnson, his he punted seven times, and he averaged. 50 yards per putt. His net was 46.9. He put two inside the 20. Mm -hmm. And if every player played as well as Cam Johnston, the Texans be undefeated. Yep. No, he's, uh, he's, he's been very, very solid. Um, John, my first stock up, I'm going to go with Malik Collins, who had a couple of sacks in this game. You know, he was, he had the, I believe the sack that eventually got, uh, Tua Tungavailoa taken out of the game. He also had a sack where it looked like two his knees or two his legs were going to get ripped from his torso. Um, I think that one was in the first half. If I'm not, that might have been early in the second. It was half, right but. at the end of the. It was at the end, and they and everybody said pull him right now. They yeah, need to leave him in the game. Yep, yep, yep. So so Malik Collins, but Malik Collins actually flashed, which is more than you can say about most of the guys that they have in this front seven. So um, solid game for him. Three tackles for loss, two sacks. Uh, Malik Collins gets a stock up from the Pendergast portion of this podcast. They also played the run game great. This was the best job they've done against the run. Gave up 20, 26 carries, 66 yards. That's 2.6, I believe. So the run defense was really good. And uh, and Malik Collins, he also had three tackles for loss. Yep, he sure did. All right, what's your next stock up, John? Uh, let's see, stock up, stock up. How about, um, let's see. Hmm. Uh, oh, I got a good one. Okay. Uh, you only need uh, one, John, just one more. You can do it. 
Tremont Smith averaged 21.5 yards on punt returns. Ooh. Desmond King averaged 12.7. That was then they returned like four or five. It didn't do him any good, but it was the best punt return average they've had all season. How about that? That's uh, John, you know what? In a in a day that was terrible, that's uh that that's that's a good one. All right. Um last one here, stock up. Uh I would love to give one to Jordan Akins for that touchdown, but he also had the fumble. Um, give it to him anyway. He ran, that was such a great run. I was going to give it to Daria Gumbawale for getting in the end zone and for passing Rex Burkhead on the depth chart. <laughs> Can I do that? Sure, you do okay. anything you want. Okay, I'm going to do that. Daria Gumbawale got a touchdown. He's apparently ahead of Rex Burkhead on the depth chart, and um, thus ends the stock-up portion of this podcast. You know, and- it confused the heck out of the Dolphins to see Daria Gumbawale get the first carry of the game. Oh, yeah. No, yard. they they really they – re- yes. old Pep, you got to wake up pretty early in the morning to uh, to beat old Pepper there. Uh, yeah, unbelievable. All right, John, stock down. This is the part of the podcast we've been waiting to get to, and this is what the people want. They want they want to know who we are destroying over this atrocity of a game today. Uh, I'm destroying the offensive line. The run blocking has been horrendous. Uh, Damian Pierce, five carries, eight yards, 1.6 average. He can't find any room anywhere. These last two games, they're getting destroyed. Now, of the five sacks, one of them was Pierce's fault because he got just abused, mm-hmm. but four of them were their fault. That's 10 sacks in two weeks. So the offensive line, which showed a lot of promise through the Giants game because they ran the ball really well, and then all of a sudden they've gone up against great defensive lines and showed they ain't ready for prime time. They were horrendous. Yep. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, John, I'm going to go stock down. Uh, technically, I'm going to give it to MJ Stewart, but I'm going to throw the rest of the defense in there. When they were down 30 to nothing, it might have been 30 to six at the time. I don't remember. But Skylar Thompson had that fumbled snap that MJ Stewart fell on and got the turnover. And they started running down to the end zone with all his buddies to go celebrate this fumble recovery, this gift of a turnover that the Dolphins basically handed them. Texans didn't even really force it, it was an unforced error. And they started running down to the end zone to do some sort of celebration. Can I just say that if you are trailing in a game by, I'll say, more than a touchdown, if you're trailing, you know what, I'll even give a little cushion, double digits. If you are not within single digits of your opponent, if you you do a choreographed celebration, you should be subject to at least a 15-yard penalty, if not ejection from the game, for stupidity. Uh, so I didn't like that. I, I these, these guys that are celebrating while they're trailing thirty to six. Give me more Jerry Hughes. You see Jerry Hughes, John, kicking Who's over that? that. You see that? Uh, give me more of that. Celebrating after falling on a fumble from a rookie quarterback. Get the hell out of here, MJ Stewart. Get out of here. So that's that's a stock down for me. The Texans' lack of self awareness on defense. Well, they have so little to celebrate. You might cut them some slack. Nope. No slack cut, John. Your team <laughs> sucks. That's sorry. So, all right. What's next, John? What do you got for stock down? 
my next one is going to be uh, Kyle Allen through two interceptions that uh, the first one was a killer return to the three yard line, three yard touchdown run. The second one as Lovey Smith, they had a chance to win and he floated a deep one up that was intercepted. Of course they didn't have a chance to win, but, uh, and I felt bad for him. He hadn't played in exactly two years when he broke his ankle or leg or something Mm -hmm. in November uh, with Washington, November of 2020. But, hey, he's a big boy. He's in fifth year in the NFL. You can't have plays like that. No, you you definitely can't. Those were two picks, and he got his money's worth on both of them. They were both horrific and and his fault. Uh, No doubt about that. Um, So, well, we'll see. You know, maybe Kyle Allen. Hey, the one thing, John, Kyle Allen, 1-0 at NRG Stadium against Deshaun Watson. Carolina. Yep, yep. So um, so he's undefeated versus Deshaun Watson in that stadium. Um, all right, my last one is Lovey Smith. And it's not because they're one nine and one. I can deal with one nine and one. It is in part because of just they're not competitive at all. They they're a joke. Um, they they go through the first halves of these games and they look completely lost, especially offensively. But mostly it's Lovey's act. I, I'm just um I'm tired of Lovey Smith, John. And I'm a, what are we 12 weeks in now? I'm tired of Lovey Smith. I'm tired of the the coy playing coy with the decision to to start Kyle Allen, which by the way was being reported as he's at the podium, as Lovey's at the podium on Wednesday. There's literally reporters tweeting out that Kyle Allen's going to start. Um and and which put Pep Hamilton in a horrible spot cuz Pep came up after the reports had surfaced about Kyle Allen starting. And, and, and Pep's asked about it. And have you made a change of quarterback? Well, no, you know, and um, if, if indeed they split the reps between these two, that's malpractice. Um, Lovey's act in these press conferences is condescending. Um, the whole traffic cop thing he was doing today, shutting down Brooks Cabina so that other people could get questions in and, oh, we'll come back to you, which I don't know that they ever did in the press conference, come back to Brooks. I mean, John, as a reporter, you've got to look at the way Lovey's been handling himself and just roll your eyes at this whole thing. He's been argumentative. He uh, lashes out. It's not a good look. Players Mm -hmm. see that, and they think, well, if he's losing his cool, why can't we lose our cool? you got to be able to grin and bear it. And i got no problem with him praising him on the second half, but he's too worried about the negativity of the questions when every question being asked are what the fans who pay Lovey's salary want asked. Right. And those are legitimate questions. And I'm, I don't remember Lovey being that way in Chicago and Tampa. Maybe he was, never heard anything about it. And I'm guessing he's not going to change this because it's just going to get worse. It is. John, he's going to snap at some point because these last six games, the, I mean, they, they are, they're not stepping down in weight class really, you know, over the aggregate. I know Cleveland's four and seven, but we know the deal there. You know, we know who they're getting back at quarterback. I don't these Dallas and Kansas City games are going to look they're going to look a lot like today I would guess although those teams might keep their foot on the gas pedal who knows um and then the division games are what they are they'll probably beat Jacksonville um because that's what they do but uh yeah just I this uh this whole lovey act over the last month or so has been really surprising to me you know like you said um I I, I had not heard I lived in Chicago when Lovey was the coach there. You know, I was there 04 to 06 or to 07. And, um, and they, you know, they complained about him as a coach, but they didn't complain about him being condescending the way he is now. Like he really, 
he's John, what he's doing now is really just a softer version of Bill O'Brien, the way he's acting right now. In some ways it's worse than, than Bill O'Brien, you know, like, cause I, I never got the sense that O'Brien was delusional. I get the sense that Lovey is delusional sometimes. You okay, John? Sorry, I didn't mean to sneeze. I thought I did. You had a sneezing fit going right there. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, you'll have to tell Figgy to cut, the, cut that out. <laughs> no. Mine, pod, do I get raw. another one? Or are we done? No, I think that was done. I think I oh. I just basically did a two-minute soliloquy about why Lovey Smith has turned into a horrible subject of press conferences. Um, so, yeah, that's – I am I am curious real quick because you covered Bill O'Brien. Um, my contention was that that Lovey Smith is basically just a soft, more soft-spoken version of Bill O'Brien right now in these press conferences. It may be worse because I never got the sense that O'Brien was delusional. I think Lovey feels delusional at times right now. I used to love to get into it with Bill. He never made it personal. He let you know how he felt, but then it was in one ear and out the other. Uh, I would also put Pat Hamilton in there. He's doing a terrible job. Sure. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. All right, John, we're going to wrap this thing up before you end up sneezing your entire face off of your skull. Um, so uh, any final thoughts or what do you got going on? I know there's a report card with a bunch of Fs on it somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, I do. That's on uh, uh, sportsradio610.com. My report card is there, and it's ugly. And uh, it's uh, not as ugly as it was with Washington. And uh, and then I have a column on uh, gallerysports.com about the quarterback controversy and the contradictions of the answers we got from Kyle Allen and Lovey Smith and how bad everything was, and especially the coaching. That's interesting. So this was so this was not as bad a report card as the Washington game for you. It wasn't because the defense, I know you didn't think much of the defense, right? But I looked at the fact that the offense gave up a touchdown and put them with a three-yard drive as 14 points, and they knocked Tua Tungvaloa out of the game, five sacks. Another one was where Obo was taken taken away. That would have been six. Is by far the most sacks I think they said Tua had this year, and they totally shut down the run on 26 carries. So I thought the defense did pretty darn well. Okay. All right. Well, we uh, I I can't ignore the – 280 yards, 267 yards passing they gave up in the first half. I think that cancels out a lot of what you're talking about in my mind, but it's your report card, John. I don't want to tell you how to grade things. <laughs> you're the Hall of Famer on this podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, so we're done. Uh, John's got his uh, his his articles up at sportsradio610.com and gallerysports.com. Of course, we appreciate everybody subscribing, listening, enduring this just bear of a season with us here. Uh, we're, we're all doing this. We're in this together. So we appreciate you guys downloading, listening to the podcast, recommending it to friends, giving it a five-star review, subscribing to it, all that good stuff. We have a mailbag coming up this week. H O U mailbag at gmail.com is where you can send your questions. I would imagine that we're going to get a lot of Lovey Smith, Kyle Allen related questions, probably even some Nick Casario. Also Nick Casario starting to find, uh, at least in the eyes of fans, the seat, the seat heat getting turned up by fans. But John, I know you, Still, I would imagine or of mine that Nick's seat is uh, ice cold right now. They're not going to fire Nick two years into a four-year contract when they told him to start from the ground floor. And I'll say one more thing. Is it Casario's fault 
that Davis Mills did not play well this year like he did last year. No, is it his fault that the offensive line all of a sudden, after showing so much promise, has been bad? Now, if it's a certain position in which they haven't had any promise or hope, that's his problem. But when it comes to the ones that either did well like Mills or the offensive line, which did well through the Giants game, now gone down the toilet, mm -hmm. I certainly don't think that's Casario's fault. Okay. Well, people, uh, I'm sure will opine on that. If they mail, uh, send us a, an email, mailbag at gmail.com. Big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting the podcast out to all of you each and every week, three episodes a week during the season, and then it'll be draft season soon enough. Um, so a lot of draft coverage to be had here when January rolls around on the Utopia Football Podcast. But we'll be back on Wednesday with a mailbag episode, mailbag at gmail.com. Until then, I am Sean Pendergast. He is John McClain. We are out of time. We're done for the weekend. Uh, we will see all of you later this week on the Utopia Football Podcast, and we will get you ready for the Browns coming to town a little later on this week. Have a great day, everybody.